What's up? Welcome back to Political Ramble. This is your host, Cyrus King. And in this podcast episode, I'm going to talk about Israel and Palestine. You know, <laughs> Israel and Palestine obviously is a hot topic because of the conflict going on. It's a topic that it feels like, you know, a lot of people kind of know the history behind it. But I feel that even when you get people who are educated on the topic, because the thing about Israel and Palestine is, you really can't win, right? Because it's it's almost part of the core of our, not just political, what's the word I want to use? Not just our political understanding, right? Or where we are politically at the time. It's a cultural thing as well. So what I mean by that is, you have to look at Israel and Palestine. Because Israel, the Israel-Palestine conflict is a tough one because... Think of how the world powers are set up. This, you know, a lot of people don't really understand how the world works, right? So how is the world's powers currently set up, right? You have on one hand, you have the West, right? America, Western Europe. Now I'm going to include Canada, Australia, the powers. Like, I'm not talking about the colonies in the Caribbean and South America, Africa. I'm talking about the powers, right? You're talking about America, Europe. If you want to say Canada, Australia, you can, but they're, they're, they're not as, I mean, they're extensions of American Europe, right? So that's on one hand, right? Then the other power, you have what I like to call the Eurasian power, which is not as... Okay, I forgot. So you have America and Europe, but you also could throw in Japan and South Korea in that, right? So you could throw Japan and South Korea in that power. So you have America, Europe, Japan and South Korea. I would actually put Japan and South Korea over Australia and um, Canada, right? But you could put all those together, right? Then you have the Eurasian power, Right? And this is kind of harder because there's certain to like India, China, and Russia sometimes work together and sometimes don't know certain things. So they're not as unified as the first power, right? But let me just put them together. So you have the Asian power, right? Again, so there's cultural conflict. Sometimes there's things they don't really mesh with. But let's just put them together for now. So then you have India, Russia, China, right? Some people used to call that the BRICS. Right, and Brazil is included, but let's not go there, right? So you have that power, and you could go into that could go into North Korea as well. You know, powers that are kind of um, what's the word? Kind of not liked by the West, like Iran might might sometimes try to kiss up to that secondary power, right? So you have that. The problem is okay. So so now you have these two. And China is a big beast, right? So you have the, and I don't, I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm just saying like in terms of power, right? So those are the two power centers of the world. And in and, 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 and the Western one, I could put, how can I forget? The Israel in that as well, right? So you have Israel as well, right? So those are the powers, right? And so when you have Israel as well and the Western power, when you get, the Middle East is a tough region because the way things usually work when you have one power, because think about it, right? Russia and China were both communists or still currently communists, right? North Korea communists, right? So, in a sense, like, you know, at the time, Vietnam was plugged into that, right? So, when you look at it from that point of view, it makes it difficult because everything that happens in the world, you, you, those two powers are battling, right? Whether you know it or not. And then there's anybody in between, right? Now... The problem comes in is that when you get to Israel and Palestine, because Israel is with the West, right? 
when you get to Palestine and even to some extent in the Middle East, Russia has their own problem with Muslim insurgents in Chechnya, sometimes even in Dagestan, right? India has problems with sometimes, you know, Pakistan, like a lot of countries, but Pakistan particularly, right? But a lot of the countries in the, in the um, Indian subcontinent are Muslim, right? The, India even has 100 million Muslims in its population. It may not be much in a billion people, but 100 million Muslims is a lot, right? So, in the power that, that, that goes at the West, Islam is not really on the top of their agenda, right? So then that makes it worse. Like, so, then, so then when you look at it, that makes it almost worse for Palestinians, in a sense, from this point of view, from this angle. The Middle East is sort of like, you know, the West. The West is very confusing because the Western powers are actually aligned with Saudi Arabia. This is, this is the part that gets confusing for people, right? The Western powers, you get people in the West who talk about, you know, you see the feminist groups. This is why I'm going to try to take political ramble in a direction that's going to be a little bit different than you saw in election stuff, right? I'm going to try to get you motherfuckers to understand how the world works, right? So, they, you know, you, you have all these people talk about, you know, feminism in the Middle East and women are oppressed and blah, blah, blah. And they don't really realize that when you get into fundamentalist Islam, Saudi Arabia is the key, right? That's the, that's the center where fundamentalist, fundamentalist Islam is. And Saudi Arabian government is actually aligned with the West completely. So it's almost like saying, <laughs> like, okay, so for instance, 9-11, right? Even though we went at the Taliban, even though we blamed Saddam Hussein, I think out of the 14 bombers, 10 of them were from Saudi Arabia. But we never bombed Saudi Arabia. Because the population of Saudi Arabia might be against the West, but the government or ruling power is for the West. So that makes it very complicated. Because when these powers operate both from both sides, right? They need portals to, like control the rest of the region, right? So let's say, for instance, when you have Colombia, right? And the Colombians had their um, civil war, what ends up happening is um, the go- American government would fund one side of the civil war. And so that, that so like, you see that Colombia and Venezuela, where they, were, they would fund or back one side. And when you get, let's say a place like Colombia, you could then use that. You see this more in Central America, but it's some. It's, it's like that in South America too, where they can kind of, kind of stabilize the region by controlling one thing completely, one country completely, right? Having like a satellite country, right? Both, like I said, both the power in the West, both the Eurasian powers, they both do that, right? So, and I'm saying Eurasia for Russia, not really um, Western Europe. So. What then happens is things look, things are, are a certain way internationally, right? And, and in terms of the, the real reality, but domestic politics will always take on its own, its kind of own speed, right? So we go at Muslims and we are, we are, we are cool with, I mean, to some extent, you almost could say the Saudis, in a way, would back. I won't say terrorism, but back extremists, but at the same time, they're allies, right? Now, his opposite, Saudis hate the Iranians, right? So the Iranians, if you look at the Iranian people, they're more liberal and more to the West, but their government is not. This is why all this is confusing. 
This is why I, I used to say all the time, political ramble, that I'm a foreign policy guy. I'm going to try to take it back to that. Got kind of lost in elections because the foreign policy, when I, you, could, you could domestically spit anything you want to. You could come in and say you believe in this, you believe in that, but your true, the true, your true intentions will, will, will register in your foreign policy, to be honest, because most of the domestic stuff is there anyway. Think about it. We have sanctions against North Korea, against Venezuela. They're socialists or communists, right? China is communist. We don't have sanctions against them. Not only do we have sanctions against them, they own large parts of our country. <laughs> How does that work? How does that work exactly? Doesn't. It's just theater, right? And this is why people fall, fall for this stuff. So when you get into, I only I went into all this to go, when you get into the concept of satellite regions, meaning puppet regions, right? Or region that you take over so you can just, you could press it and you can control everybody else, Right? Israel was created for that, right? So if you look at the creation of Israel, Israel, people got into the conflicts in the 20s and 30s and 40s when the Israeli state was made. Napoleon himself wanted Israel, that region, to be a Jewish settlement so he could offset the power of the Ottoman Empire. Napoleon, you're talking about the 17th century. This is not something that's just been cooked up in the 1940s. I think 1945 is a long time. When you put... <laughs> when you put... 17th century, 18th century, you're like, oh, shit, been, this has been a plan for 300 years from Napoleon. And so when you, go for, when, you go, when you look at it from that angle, when the British later on resurrected that, when there was a powerful Egyptian governor, I think it's called Muhammad Ali. I know, I know. Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, I know. He was a powerful Egyptian governor. And the British wanted to offset his power. So they started back way before World War, way before World War I. Right? And try and start to bring in Jews, right? To Palestine, particularly from Eastern Europe. Right? This is going to get into the Ashkenazi Jews, right? So that's been going on for a while. It, it, it started still now when, when, now what happens is that they were trying to do it, but they, make, they, were, they were meeting resistance, right? But when the Holocaust happened and World War II happened, right? So when, so let's say between 1900 to like 1930, there was protests and the Palestinians sort of saying, wait a minute, we're being colonized. And every time there was protests, people would die. And you had like hundreds of deaths, maybe thousands of deaths, right? Not, 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 not heavy thousands yet, but a good amount, right? And from that point on, what started happening was, right? What started happening was people started to say, oh, shoot, we have to end this, Right? So now when World War II happened and Jews and, and the Jews had, you know, the Holocaust happened, people started looking at the Palestine and said, yo, we got, we, we got to end this conflict because this conflict's getting bloody, right? And in that moment, this is the key. In that moment, right, you talk about after World War II, about 1945, a two-party, a two um, I guess, setup was, was doctored up, right? Where literally they had a two-party agreement, right? Where they said, okay... We need to basically find a way for the Palestinians and the Jews to live together. So it's two, it's two state solution was but I said two party, two state solution was set up, and the Jews would be on one side and the Arabs on one side, right? And this was re the Jews accepted, the Palestinians didn't, right? They didn't, because when they didn't accept, what was the problem? 
they said that the Jews, which was very small in number compared to them, only owned five percent, five point five percent of the land. In the in the new part in the new state setup, it will be the Jews will own fifty six percent of the land, and the Palestinians will own forty four percent. And at this point, America came because at first it was a, it was really Britain and France and Europe. After World War II, America came. America and it's a certain branch of Jewish um, Jewish ideology called Zionism that America kind of sealed their partnership with them about, about 1942, right? So when they had, when they, and the Zionists are more extreme, right, in terms of they, they don't really want to like to compromise. So we've been allies with them as Americans since 1942. So when this happened, this about, that was about three years before the two-state solution was drawn up, right? But America, but right after World War II, America became the dominant power when we dropped the bomb in Japan. So we became the dominant power in the world, right? And the problem is, like, you know how I just described the Eurasian power? Russia might have their own problems, sometimes the Muslims. China is indifferent, doesn't really love them either, right? So you don't really have that secondary power. I mean, I know I'm going to now. China, Russia was powerful back then, obviously. But, but Eurasian power wasn't powerful yet. But I just go into that to say that affects them today because you don't really have another power per se that really... Because when you look at how things are get, get done in this world, those two powers, no matter what people tell you, is what come in and broker a lot of deals. Whether you want to accept that or not, right? That's how we... That's, how, that, that's the two powers that broker deals, right? So you come in and then the Palestinians say no. Then full civil war happens. 700,000, I mean, you got freedom fighters all over the Middle East, come in, fight with Israel. 700,000 Palestinians displaced. Some going to Jordan, some going to Lebanon, some going to Egypt, the West Bank. And a lot of these places didn't even get full citizenship. Right? And that really becomes what we do now because when eventually Israel starts to become more and more powerful. Remember, Israel is a nuclear power and never missed a nuclear power. Right? <laughs> Israel, in a sense... Went from being a satellite state where they want to, was just kind of maybe used as a puppet to, to becoming big players in the game. So eventually, they started, you know, fighting Lebanon, fighting Jordan, fighting Syria, like, not Jordan, Syria. You basically had stages where Israel's a world power surrounded by countries that cannot match it. And that's the countries that can't match it. Now, when you talk about Palestinians, Palestinians are done. At this point, they're done. 700,000 displaced all over the world. I mean, all over the Middle East. Who's left in Palestine are put up in, a, in an apartheid-like apartheid state. Like how it was in South Africa. Maybe not as extreme, but not as extreme, obviously, but similar, right? And I'm, and I'm saying this. I am not saying this giving you my stance on any of this. I'm just saying how we got to this point. And so Israel is part of the Western power structure, right? So we have a partnership as Americans with them. So we don't have a partnership with the Palestinians, right? Now you're going to say, you know, they're going to say that Judeo-Christian values are more similar. Yes, they are. Again, I'm not putting my own interpretation in it. That's just what's going to be said, right? So they're allies, and that's who we're going to back. Cool. We got that. The problem is, is that the way domestic politics is right now, nothing is really clear anymore, right? So when we're doing this, so we can't, 
really, because we're supposed to be a benevolent country, so we can't really say we back genocide. We can't say that. So what we come and say is, oh, the Palestinians kill people, which they have, which they have, let's be fair, they have. They kill people too. So Israel, Israel has a right to defend itself. And this is what I will say to this. This is how I will say to this. This is, I'm gonna, this is to let you know, I'm just giving the facts. And I would even say this. I think when, you, when, when it comes to people, we have to be honest with ourselves. If the Palestinians look at their situation right now, and they don't have any country at all, or they, they, they don't have any power, you think that they could go back in time? And don't get me wrong, maybe they would have broken it because, you know, they did that to Native Americans. I mean, Western powers are Native Americans. I mean, Native Americans signed deals. Sometimes it means nothing. But I think it's a little bit different doing it in 1945 versus doing it in 1700s, right? There's just more eyes on you. You just can't do certain stuff. So if you ask the Palestinians, if you right now would have taken that deal, would you have taken it? I guarantee they probably would have said, yeah. We have 40% of our country against 60%. Now, people will gay say, but what makes, what gives Israel the right to have that? What gives the West the right to do that? This is where you guys mess up. This is where, this is why I have the stance I have, right? This is where you guys mess up. You guys are not being real with how the world works. No one cares about humanitarian missions. No one, no one, no one cares. It's all about power. Period. That's all it's about. If a country is telling you don't have abortions, there's a reason why they're doing that. They don't give a fuck about your fetuses. I'm just being honest with you. Right? The reason why China is so popular in Africa right now, where African countries, they're using China to build themselves up because the Chinese come in and say, you can do whatever the fuck you want to do. You want to kill this tribe? We don't give a fuck. As long as we get our resources, we'll help build your infrastructure up. You do what the fuck you want to do. When America and Europe comes in, they be like, we don't want you to have abortions, especially America. America, Europe, Europe really care about abortions. We don't want you to have abortions. And I'm not saying, I'm actually surprisingly not a big abortion guy. That's a whole other story, right? But I always admit, women have the right to choose. So myself, I'm not giving birth. So even though I may not be the biggest abortion guy, I'm not going to tell a woman don't, she can't have an abortion. But my point is, we give, we, in a sense, kind of take these stances without understanding how we got to this point. Right? So, they're not as our ally. The way the world is set up, your iPhones, your internet, your, your, your beautiful capitalist dream is set up by, by basically conquering others. By basically taking resources, giving the people bad, the bad end of the deal, right? And we get the better end of the deal. Anybody who's a rival, we have economic hitmen. We come into the country, destroy their economies. That's how things are set up. And though it may seem like I'm saying, oh man, you're a lefty, man. You're saying it's wrong. I'm saying that's life. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's life. So if you're the Palestinians, maybe they should have took the deal. Now, they're not going to really get help from the Eurasian power. Who's going to help them? Realistically, yes, the Eurasian power might be more sympathetic because they want to weaken the Western power. But... The Palestinians are not really, unless the totally Israel, Israelis just come in and just be, want to feel like they're in, a, they're in a good mood, right? They're not going to change their approach. And unfortunately, when you have no power and you have to resort to terrorism, you're not going to really do a great job swaying people in the middle. I'm just being honest with you. So even though I could look at it and say, it's not, you're not defending yourself. Like, I'm not defending, yes, I can defend myself from termites. Termites could be very deadly. But it's still termites, right? Palestinians, Israel is a world power. 
They don't even like to admit they have nuclear weapons because they don't want people to know how powerful they are. They don't want people to understand that they get more money from America than any other fucking country in the world, including third world countries. Why is America giving a first world country that much money? Again, this is not anti-Israel. In fact, in fact, I think I'm actually taking, I'm actually telling you the Palestinians should have took the deal. I'm actually telling you, it doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. Like, you see how India did it? People could talk about this shit one thing about Gandhi. You see how India broke the, broke the colonization? They do it through peaceful means. And not only do they do it through peaceful means, they are actually more independent than people like Japan and South Korea. I'm just being honest. Or Saudi Arabia. Or the puppet countries of color. Other than China. India is actually more independent. That, and they did it through peaceful means. Motherfuckers sleep on the Indians. Gandhi them knew what he was doing. Because when you do the, the aggressive fight back to people in the middle, no matter what, they're going to be like, yeah, well, you know, both of them are killing each other. Even though one is like, body count is like 100, million, 100 times worse, right? It has way more power. Like, that's the crazy part. Like, you're not dealing with two people, two equals, right? But it doesn't matter. That's how people will perceive it. And that's why it's so tough to talk about it because it's so politicized. Because it's true. There's a lot of shit going on. Like, so you have the right who's aligned with Zionists, right? You have the left. Now, you have the corporate left who's aligned with Zionists too. But they have to appease the far extreme of their parties who is kind of more definitely not aligned with Zionists, right? And so the Republicans could just stay with, they could just stay with the truth, what they feel. The Democrats have to play games and be like, well... They're the ones, so the Democrats are the ones like, well, you know, Israel has the right to defend itself. The Republicans are like, we're down with Israel no matter what. They can keep, they can wipe Palestine off the map. We're down with Israel. And because once you get past Israel, and once you get once you start to understand this is how we do business, right? This is how we do business all over the world. The empire that we have, the greatest empire is America, the greatest empire in the world has ever seen, operates like this. We do deals. We might hook up the elites of a certain country, but get them bad deals so they can't feed their people. And right, so their people starve, our people live. Problem is, that was cool in 1945, 55, 65, 75, 85, 90, up until probably the second Iraq war, right? What has happened now is where our middle class is fading. So this is why you starting to get people getting tired. See, motherfuckers like to act like they're so kind and they don't like, they're not into war. But you motherfuckers love war because war is what thrive, drives your economy. Literally. Your, your lifestyle is built on war. It's built on blood of other people. Right? And again, I'm not chastising you. I'm a capitalist myself. I, I, I actually, at the end of the day, though I don't agree with it, I understand that you can't change this shit. I'm just being honest with you. I understand in 2021, I don't have the power to change that shit. And all I can do is... <laughs> now, now, now I'm going to sound like... The, 2021 me would, would, would look at... No, 2005 me would look at 2021 me and be disgusted. I, like my, I want my small communities, limited government, the big shit, the big government, whatever. Do whatever the fuck you want. It's out of my control. So... And somebody would listen to this and be like, this guy's a lefty. He's, he's, he's guilting us. He, he, doesn't, he, he's, he doesn't support Israel. No, I'm saying, right? If you think about it, hey, man, the Republicans are on the... I mean, I'm, 
They the ones who want to supposedly, supposedly, make government limited, right? So, though I don't agree with them, there's nothing I can do. And because of people's lack of, no, people, they don't have the desire to actually learn about the problem. The problem could never be fixed. Only problem can be fixed, and this is, this is the more dangerous part, is if when the Eurasian powers, particularly China, like I said, the Eurasian powers are not as aligned with each other as the Western powers are. So that's the big weakness, right? That's the major weakness, right? Now, they come in and they see weakness in the West. So, yes, they, they then come in and, and say, and even though the Chinese have it where they suppress Muslims, the Russians suppress Muslims, India suppresses Muslims, right? That power would come in and be like, Muslims are being suppressed. Palestinians are being suppressed by the West, right? And they get people in the West to come in and be like, oh, shoot, this is wrong. And, I, and it is wrong. It, it is wrong to kill children. It is wrong. You literally have genocide. But at this point, Westerners live in a dream world. Literally. They started slavery. They killed a whole bunch of Native Americans. Then they'll tell you, that what they will tell you is it's the past. Like, that's what they'll tell you is the past, right? I seen somebody say, defend Trump and say, hey, man, even when, even when, Trump was not bad. Trump was not bad. Like when he said shithole countries, people from other countries want to come here. And, and everyone wants to come here. I deal with data. Mexico, there was a start to become more Mexicans going back home than Mexican immigrating. immigrating. The, the Central Americans who come here are from places like El Salvador, Guatemala. I don't remember the third one. I think El Salvador, right? And those are all three places that the CIA wrecks havoc in. So we destroy those places and they come here because they have no choice, right? When these people have gangs and, and cartels and running shit, like if you go to Central America, in Central America, when you, when you have to get, when political parties are fucking um, throwing rallies in regular neighborhoods, they have to go to the gangs and the gangs have attacks. The gangs gotta get paid no matter what. All this shit is going on, and the West has no clue. This is why I'm, I'm. This is why I always find it funny when people in the 21st century, you get all these political experts. You could get Norm Chomsky himself, and I love Norm Chomsky. You could, you could get him himself. You can't tell you what's going on in the world because the world is right now. Organized crime and gangs and and all kind of shit is is infiltrating politics, and it's a part of politics. And if you don't understand that. You can't understand politics in 21st century. If you don't understand technology, you don't understand the, tech, the, the role technology plays, you can't understand politics in 21st century. I don't give a fuck how much degree you got, what school you have, what political degree you have. You can't understand the shit, right? And that's where we're at right now. So it's not easy because it's so politicized that you can't win either way. Either way, you ain't winning, right? Meaning, if I'm in the West and my lifestyle is capitalist, right? I have a capitalist lifestyle. I got my Starbucks. I got my technology. You know what I mean? I, I, I got my entertainment. And I'm saying, oh, Palestinians, oh, we're not doing good in Venezuela. Oh, we're not doing good in Congo. You can say all that shit, but your lifestyle thrives with power. And you ain't going to want to change your lifestyle. This is my problem. You ain't going to want to change your lifestyle. You're not going to say, can you drink a little bit less Starbucks? Then you get the people who are woke, right? The people who are woke, who eat kiwa. You must know keep we're taking from those poor Peruvians and Bolivians? Or coconut water. I'm guilty of this myself. Oh shoot. How much, how much, um, huh? Um, how much what's the word I would say? How much 
You know, let's drink a whole bunch of coconut water. You know how much coconuts, tree, we, we can't sustain this shit. So even when, when we're woke, we're acting like parasites and shit. But yet, we would say, I want to defend this. I want to defend the rights in Congo, defend the rights in, in Yemen, defend the rights of Palestinians, but our lifestyle drives that. So when I come and I say, you know what? Palestinians should have took the deal in 1945. That's why I say it. When I come and say, yeah, I feel bad for those Palestinian kids. I feel bad for them. I lo- actually, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Like, I get, I mean, I get along. I love Israelis too. Like, Israelis are cool as fuck. You know what I mean? Israelis are cool as fuck. But the Palestinians are cool as fuck. Like, I got along both of them. But I, I met some cool, I, one of my boys was a straight Palestinian, right? But I have people who Jews, who Jews too. Because see, this is a complicated topic that I don't think people understand. So when we say, like, look at, look at, look at, look at this example. Jews in America still vote for Democrats more than they vote for Republicans, even though Republicans align with Zionist Israel. Because the Jews in America and the, and the, and the Israeli population clash at times. When you're not Jewish, you don't know that, especially politically. Especially politically. When you're not Jewish, you don't understand that. This is what I'm saying. You can't be lazy with politics. You have to cross into finance, organized crime, culture. Because... People, Republicans will tell you that they don't want. They, they want to tell you sixty six percent of Jewish people in America vote Democratic, because there's a there's a class between the Jews in America and the Jews in Israel. No one will tell you that. I mean, they, it's not a secret, but but if you don't have the that's why I said I said if I said no, I'm not a person saying oh yeah I got like when a white boy tells you I I have no no this no disrespect any white people listen to this podcast I would tell you I got a black friend I don't give a fuck you're a black friend you know black culture. And black culture is a lot more than basketball and watermelon, fried chicken, and, and hip-hop. Do you really know black culture? Can't be talking about topics that you don't know the culture to it. This is complicated, and this is not an easy topic, because this is a topic that my boy, Heavy J, Twitter, asked me to talk about. And it's not an easy thing to, to talk about it, because there's not going to be, like, at the end of the day, you cannot solve something that everyone pretends, and no one's being honest. Right, so the people who are who are, are talking about I'm for Palestine thrive in a culture that feeds this machine. That this machine has to oppress certain people. It's the way it goes. We gotta take kiwa seeds. We gotta take the grains from the, from the Bolivians and Peruvians. We, get, we we have to. We got to. <laughs> right, this is the way it is. That's how you feed the machine. We we, we have to absorb coconut trees and kill and to take a, and this is woke people pushing coconut water and and I drink coconut water so I'm just saying this is the woke people the woke people you pushing the shit too you pushing it too there's no end to this shit when the public gets I hate I hate Marxism I hate Marxism motherfucker you pushing technology right the, the technology gonna make all you motherfuckers socialists. You think when they make AI, AI is gonna say capitalism is good? You, you a fool. You need to, you need to read some journals. You need to see what the researchers said. They know AI, what AI is gonna do. What the tech companies right now are gonna bring in a, a new form of socialism that you won't even be able to recognize. It. So that's why I said capitalism, socialism, it's capitalism, socialism, communism. At this point, it's just labels. That's all it is. You, you, most people are dead men walking. Don't even know it. You don't understand technology. You don't understand organized crime. You don't understand finance. You don't understand that. You just don't. So you can't understand the direction the world's going. And you get so much into the, this domestic politics because they do it to distract you because what made America powerful was that strong middle class. We don't got that shit no more. 
It's it's upper is is upper class, poor class, and working people who have to work two jobs to pretend they're middle class. That's where we at. That's where we at. They don't tell you that America was was the you know when people hear this, and they would say you you should be much more American, you pro American than you are. You live in America. America was the one supporting the apartheid government in South Africa. That was not long ago. I went to South Africa two years after the part that was over. You can't. You could run that. You could run that game to the black people who just never left Compton and never left the Bronx, never left Louisiana. You can't run that game with black men like me. You supported that, right? Israel supported that. This is why I say I'm neutral. When I say I'm neutral, meaning can't stop it. I rather keep. It hurts me to say this when I say. I'd rather government be small. I'd rather just stay in the community I'm living in. Unfortunately, that's the mindset that libertarians and Republicans have. So even though, as a as a former Marxist, I'm I'm die. I mean, we we it's hard for us to to gel. It ends up being a stalemate because I understand at least they are who they are. The West or the left, and then the West, the left. Oh, they're into freedom fighters. They're into all the... No, they're fucking not. Bernie Sanders don't give a fuck about Israel. He just talk. Just like Bernie Sanders when Venezuela was whatever. He was like, well, the Maduro government's bad, kind of. We need to do... Like, he, it's just a different language that they talk. It's the same motherfuckers. At least Republicans let you know what they're on. And, and, and when they let you know what they're on, you have to have responsibility and realize you're feeding the machine drives the machine. So you can't be protesting in San Francisco about this and that and you you into tech and you into all this bullshit you into. You push that shit. It, it, it needs you to thrive to push it. And then, because of that, it has to conquer somebody else. So when you want to know about Israel and Palestine, Napoleon wanted the Palestinian place for the, for the, for the Jews. That's not, a, that's not something that just started in 1945. That's, that, that plan was in the 1700s. People don't understand that. You don't understand the West. You have to read Freemason journals and, and and a lot of stuff that is not mainstream to understand. It's not, not conspiracy. It's not conspiratorial. You could research Napoleon was talking about Palestine in 1970, I mean, 1789 to offset the Ottoman Empire. It's not some shit that just started in 1945. So how is it going to end? It wasn't possible to end because it's politicized now. You know, if you're the left, even if you are kind of corporate, you can't come too hard. You got to say, well, they're both wrong. If you're on the right, oh, then Palestine's all wrong, Israel's all right. So, how could you fix that? I don't know if you can. But I would, I would, I would tell people, before you have an opinion, do a little research. Cyrus King, for Political Ramble. Till next time, peace. <laughs>